This is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. So in this episode, I'm speaking to a lady called Karen Boyce, who is the founder of Beastly Thoughts Dog Services over in Wales. And Karen is absolutely amazing when it comes to getting publicity for her pet business. So Karen and I first came across each other in March in 2019. It was just after she'd been at Crufts and I gave her a press release template to go and pitch about Crufts. Anyway, she took it and ran with it. And since then, she's had over 30 pieces of newspaper coverage. So Karen is going to give you loads of really practical advice with the steps that she followed to achieve that huge amount of publicity. It's led to her being dubbed the Puppy Queen of Wales. She has a regular column in a local magazine, a lovely glossy magazine over in Wrexham. She's regularly in her local papers across Wrexham and Shropshire and Wales, which is just brilliant for her profile. Quite often they will put her Facebook page in, her phone number in, her email address in. And that has meant that she was able to train 220 puppies in 2020. And that was up from 170 last year. So you can see why she was called the Puppy Queen of Wales. Over the last few weeks, she has done a bonfire safety guide, a Christmas gift guide, a festival, a festive walk for puppies, um, and she's also done a feature about how she was featured in a book about rescue dogs. The other thing that Karen has seen as a result of her publicity is that her Facebook page has grown to over 3,000, and this year she set herself a target to get to 300 on Instagram. I say this year, sorry, last year in 2020, so she reached that target. Karen is one of my membership clients and if you would like to find out more about the membership do go to the show notes on this episode. It's opening at the moment, it's at the founder member rate at £67. It's going to be on two different levels now where we're going to be looking at publicity on your own platforms like your Facebook, like your Instagram, like your content and publicity in other people's platforms so newspapers magazines etc so i'm going to hand over to karen now you can learn loads from her anyway but if you are interested in joining the membership which karen mentions quite a bit in this episode then do drop me a line or go and find the show notes from this episode to find out more so over to karen who is going to give you some brilliant tips on how to really raise your profile as a pet business owner Okay, so for this this week's episode, I'm speaking to Karen Boyce, who is a dog behaviourist and trainer from over in Oswestry in Wales. I hope I pronounced that right. Um, and uh, the reason why I wanted to talk to Karen is she's been in my kind of world for about a year and a half now, and she has been absolutely brilliant in implementing the advice that I give and going and getting tons of press coverage. And a couple of weeks ago, I, I kept seeing these posts. Karen kept sharing these stories that she'd featured in. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I've got to get you on the podcast because you had so much local coverage. Um, that's what we're going to talk about today. So first of all, I just want to intro Karen. Karen, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yes, Rachel. Thank you for having me. It's really nice to, really nice to be with you. So, um, yeah, I'm Karen Boyce and I own Beastly Thoughts Professional Dog Services. Um, we've been in existence officially, I suppose, in terms of um, tax man since 2007. Yeah. But um, we've actually, obviously, um, I've been working before a little bit before then, and obviously before then was the sort of training and the transition into being mm-hmm. um, a dog trainer. So we're up in what we call northeast Wales. So my area sort of covers from Wrexham down to Oswestry for puppies and. Um, normal obedience 
sort of like a triangle thing going on. Um, there's Langoflin and also maybe as far as what we call Ellesmere. So there's a sort of Bermuda Triangle thing going on. But sometimes for my specialist work, obviously people come further afield. And over lockdown, we've done obviously some um, online things. But we um, niche, really. We, we're one of the biggest um, puppy trainers in the area. And we're certainly probably the biggest puppy trainer in Wales. And we actually niche right to the other end. And I specialize in reactive dogs, dogs who are mainly worried about people and um, other dogs. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I remember when we first spoke, actually, we talked a lot about your about the reactive um, dog work that you do. So can you tell me a little bit about where that came from with, with you deciding to specialize? I know you've got the puppies as well, um, which we'll talk about later, but the reactive, working with reactive dogs, what, what did, where did that come from? Um, well, of course, like a lot of people, I would imagine my reactive dog work comes from having a reactive dog. Mm-hmm. So um, probably um, oh, maybe even towards 30 years ago, I had a partner at the time and he wanted a dog and he wanted a little um, Tintin dog. I was like, no, we're not having a little Tintin dog because I've had dogs all my life since I was a youngster. So we went and got a German Shepherd and she was beautiful German Shepherd. She was awesome German Shepherd. Um, She was so awesome. We decided to breed from her. Even the vet recommended her as, you know, she's just got such a fantastic temperament. But I was quite novice in those days. And um, I kept her in once she was mated and I kept her in the whole time she had puppies and I kept her in the puppies were gone. So you can imagine that's about uh, four or five months, isn't it? And when she came out, um, she went for her first walk again with one of her little friends and she attacked her little friend. And it's like, this has been your best friend since you were small and you've got this first walk. And I can remember my partner at the time coming in. He was horrified. I was horrified. And what happened to our beautiful shepherd? And then um, bizarrely at Christmas, this was happening sometime in the autumn, in the Christmas, he bought me a book, which was, um, I sometimes have lying around, which is probably in my book rack, um, um, Ian Dunbar's Behaviour of the Dog. And it was one of the very first behaviour books you could probably have bought at that time about dogs. And I'd been doing dogs since I was tiny, tiny. And um, I opened this book. It was all in black and white. That's how old it was. And it was mostly based on beagles he'd studied. And I suddenly realised I didn't really know about dogs. And I thought I did because I trained my German shepherds and, you know, my dogs are quite obedient. They take them anywhere. And I realized I didn't. So that was it. My interest was um, quickened. And um, after a year or so, I joined what we call Center of Applied Petathologies and Behavioral Course, which was then in its second year. Okay, so you specialized in working with reactive dogs from because of your own experience. And how did how did that kind of work with your clients? Did you find that, that you know, how? Did you find your own experience really helped when it came to like relating to your clients? Yeah, I mean, really, I never, um, I never told my story until actually I joined um, Dom's group because I never thought, even though it was exceedingly, exceedingly valid to everything I did, for some reason or other, I didn't think it was something clients need to know. Not, not, not out of embarrassment, just you know, mm-hmm. it was just the thing that happened. But of course, you know, when you, when dogs being reactive. Um, one, you're scared. Two, you're embarrassed. Three, you're confused. Um, and particularly if you've got a big dog. I do a lot of German Shepherd work. Um, and so, you know, I can actually relate to how the owners feel, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that really means a lot. And it's really powerful, isn't it? Because I guess it's similar to us as humans. If we go to, you know, a slimming coach or a personal trainer, we want we don't want them to have always been perfect. We want them to have been, you know, been through been through difficult times like like we have. And um, because 
you know they can relate and they're human aren't they um so i can totally see why why people really um why you know why your story resonates with people i think it's really important to get that out there um so I just the reason why um, I wanted to kind of invite you along is because I know when we fir- when you kind of first came into my world and vice versa, um, I just started kind of talking about how to get publicity for your pet business and um, you know why media coverage was important and I was kind of really starting out and finding my feet as well um, and I remember doing a blog post ages like coming up to be like 18 months ago now about Crufts and you were one of the first people to say I think I put it out there and I said would it be helpful if I did like a bit of a press release template or pitch template for Crufts I remember you jumping on it saying yes I've been to Crufts I'd love that um and then you you um you kind of generated loads of media coverage from it didn't you You did really well so can you tell me a little bit about that about how the Crufts cover it had you ever had any had you ever pitched to the media before you did the Crufts thing or yeah, I'd, pitched, I'd had pitched before. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember a huge amount of success, but I had pitched before. And then we'd met at Impact, hadn't we? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you must have had the pet publicity group. Yeah. And I think then a few of us, again, in Tomic's group, group trucked off to um, Crufts and Claire Lawrence was successful. And I was successful. And I think there was at least one other that was successful. At which time I think that's when you said, would it be handy to do a press release? And so you sent out the email and the template and I followed it. That's what I did. I, I followed it. So, um, and then I made sure I had some nice pictures and um, I sent it off. And that was the first time um, I'd done that. And yeah, the press were interested. Both my local papers were interested. Um, I'd done quite well, of course. You know, I'd won at Crufts. I'd won yeah. big. And um, which obviously helps a little bit, but I think they're still interested in just the fact that you do the experience of Crufts because the readers know the word Crufts, you know, it just really stands out to them. Um, and um, I show for a lady who owns what we call some Glenavon Mal Terriers. And um, she phoned me up to say, I was in such and such a store and I saw this lovely dog on the front of the local paper and I suddenly realized it was my dog. So we made the front cover, we made the front cover of the one local paper and both inside were page threes, and the one page three, which wasn't the front cover, was actually a full straight page um, spread. So wow. that's wonderful. And um, I don't know if it's normal, but the, look, the papers are always quite good about the very end, no matter whether it's a dog training story or not, and they'll always add in the fact that I'm Karen Boyce, obviously, for Professional Dog Services, Behaviourist, blah, 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 Animal Star Wars woman. So that always gets in, generally, no matter what... Um, subject we're talking about brilliant okay that's fantastic and I know when we kind of talked at the time um about that about that you know the crufts template which kind of got things rolling for me as well um you know I was kind of you know I worked on local paper myself and if somebody from like when I worked on local papers if someone from my patch had won at crufts it would be amazing we'd all be going crazy in the office about it or I certainly would be anyway um so that's why I knew it would work and it was it's fantastic that you that you um that you kind of you know just went out there took action and and cracked on with it and was it quite easy then did you have to write very much or did they come and interview you how did it work um the Wrexham paper interviewed me Mm -hmm. and the Austria paper just um got in touch to ask for the higher resolution pictures but um yeah the one paper did um interview me and changed it slightly Mm -hmm. of course and made an error about the breed but there we go oh (laughs) but um yeah yeah the one interviewed me 
Yeah. Okay. No, that's fantastic. Okay. So I, I think it was around the same time that I went, I was at Dominic Hodge. So Dominic Hodgson, for anyone who's listening, if you don't know him already, he's a pet business marketing expert and he had an, an event, I think it was about April last year, um, called Impact. And Car- I spoke at it and Karen was sat next to me at Impact. So we had a good chat then, didn't we? Um, yeah. Did you do the October one? I think it was the, no, I did the, I did the, the April one yeah so I did the April one and I was very nervous and Karen very kindly put me at ease Um, and we obviously talked about publicity there as well and then in between that and you getting the Animal Star Award did you did you try for any other did you pitch any other story ideas um so that was oh that was in April yeah because that that was the April last year wasn't it yeah oh I'm trying to remember I've had quite a few I tell you what happens after that um, that went to what we call the Love Wrexham magazine, which is a franchise around the country. It's a few towns. Mm-hmm. And that got sent to them. And from that, I get a monthly article with them. Wow. So I either get a monthly article based on something I've done or um, I've done from them what to do with a new baby, what to do about recalls. Um, they've got one coming out It's in the ma- magazine now, and it will be online soon about the local pet theft you know dog fair okay so that was that's that's an article every month okay that, that's fantastic Karen I didn't actually know about that so well done for landing that um and tell me tell me then tell me about the relationship that you built with them and how that's kind of developed into you having a monthly column because that's just brilliant isn't it yeah well bizarrely I think it might have worked anyway but the gentleman took over the franchise his next client yeah so when he wanted you know how these magazines want a um somebody can write about a walk Somebody can write about local history. And this comes under their pets category. It happens to be it's nearly always. They do add, do other little articles, but the one is the main dog one. So when he thought about he wanted a article for pets, you know, he thought of me. So um, it was quite an easy thing. Um, we talked about it and I'd done the crust thing. And I said, oh, are you interested in this? And he was like, yeah, yeah, we're interested in that. So, yeah. So I just make sure I got an article. It only takes up one, one sort of um, small, I suppose, A5 page. Mm-hmm. But um, it looks lovely online. They do it very well. They've got a lovely online site. So it's very handy for, I tried to pitch to somebody the other day, and it's very handy to drop their links in. Yeah. Because it's quite a tidy way that they do it, and they always format it nice and that sort of thing. That's fantastic. Okay, so I know I've talked about this quite a bit before, but one of the things that I really think is important is that, well, you know, when people are looking for, as you know, I'm, I'm not a pet professional myself. I'm a dog owner. So when I'm looking for a dog trainer in where I live in Newcastle, the, the process I think people go through is they get a recommendation and then they Google them, don't they? So when people Google you, what kind of things come up, Karen? Well, it's, it's quite, it is quite nice. If they put my name in and add, I mean, there's a few Karen voices across the country. Yeah. But if they put puppy or dog in, I mean, one of the first ones that almost will come up all the time is the um, puppy puppy trainer puppy queen of wales one um, which i pitched um early in the spring didn't i before just before lockdown yeah um i generally know i'm regional manager for um puppy school so i generally know what everybody's up to and what all the puppy people are doing and we had we had 70 puppies book on january february march was going okay. to be of course was going to be our best year wasn't it yeah it was going to be the year we usually get through about 200, but we've got through 70 in three months. So I thought, based on what I'd learned from Dominic and what, what based on what I'd learned from you, 
I, of course, I reused again, which I've used, reused previously a few times. I reused the um, Crufts, um article to yeah. create this um, puppy, puppy uh, Wales's most popular puppy trainer. And um, I sent it off with some nice pictures. Luckily, I had Evie. Evie was born in September. So I had some nice pictures of her. And I sent those off. And that, again, that made page three. That made wow. In both um, both the papers. Fantastic. And that, that comes up nicely. That really does come up nicely online when people Google my name and a dog and a puppy. And it'll come up, you know, put Beastly Thoughts in and dog and puppy. Quite a few of them will come up. That's my, that's my favourite one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. I, when when you shared that with me, I was like, "This is just fantastic." Like Wales is Wales is most popular puppy trainer. You can't really ask for anything better than that, really, can you? No. no. So no, quite handy living in Wales. Yeah. So I know you do loads of. I know you've got loads going on. You've got your. You have a, a physical shop. You've got your. You've got an online presence. You've got loads. You've got your physical classes um, and training that you do. Um, so you've got. I know you've got lots and lots of different activity that feeds into um, you know your business. But what would you say the impact has been of having um, you know having the press coverage? What kind of feedback do you get from it? I know you mentioned the person saying they've seen the dog in the paper. But what kind of um, you know how do you think it's impacted on your business? I think because because our business, I do reactive dogs, but yeah. obviously if I get a puppy in, you know, he can be a reoccurring client, which is, you know, I can take him through to another class. Mm-hmm. I can take him through to selling some food or some workshops or some seminars. So the puppies really are very good for that sort of thing. And I am known, really well known for puppies. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. we get in the paper for at Christmas based on your stuff again, Rachel. We got in with 22 puppies that we took for a Christmas walk. Um, so that's not really, that's a little bit of dog training, but lots of cute pictures, mm-hmm. lots of cute pictures to the local paper and said, is this of interest? And of course they went, wow, yes, of course it is. And then again, using the same formula, which, you know, you, you've given me, um, we're not afraid to move um, sort of out of our normal subjects to get coverage. So we did the NHS. I did um, ask the clients to get the dogs to, have a down stay or a sit stay and write kibble in kibble we love nhs or nhs heart that got into the paper and then of course the last one which um we've probably got into easily was um the um, national photography day so i knew yeah. that the, the day it was for verbals fur and fables fur and fables so we knew that so on the morning um of that internet of that national photography day I was actually lying in bed with my dogs and based on what, you know, we've been doing Twitter and we've been doing Instagram and that sort of thing on your membership club, hadn't we? And I thought, right, we're going to go for this. So my dogs are there. It's like, it's quite cute. and It's quite nice. I'll take a picture of you and I'll take a picture of you and take a picture of you. I post them straight on the Facebook page. And I said, it's National Photography Day. Um, anybody, want, you know, anybody going to join in? And oh my God, the page went wild. The Facebook page went wild. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So then I'm saying to myself, based on, and I wouldn't have done this, five years ago and I wouldn't have done it four years ago based on what I now know what I've learned from yourself and all the stuff from Dom I thought right I'll take all these pictures and I made a nice press release based on you know how I know I should pitch it and um, I sent it to the local my local captive journalist and I said are you interested in this and of course back comes the big yes so that was the um, National Photography Day we had a whole page spread in the local paper um, of all cute pictures 
Brilliant. And it goes online as well. So you've got that nice backlink and you've got that nice visibility when people yeah. put your name into Google and, and you're just constantly there, constantly visible. So people know who you are and you are, you know, the superstar dog trainer of Wales, aren't you? So puppy trainer and dog trainer. Um, so no, that's, that's fantastic. So I just wanted to touch on, um, obviously Karen's used my free resources, which was the original Crufts press release template. And I've got loads of, I know on the podcast I've talked about um, things in more detail now because back then I only had a blog um, one of the things that we did have um, last year was we had a one-to-one didn't we about how to write a press release so you did kind of have an hour with me where we went through the step-by-step that was when you won the animal star award so can you tell me about your animal star award and how that came about okay so um, I was googling um, a local behaviorist well not so local Shrewsbury yeah Actually, the lady works for, did work. I don't know if she still does. Works for Dogs Trust, and um, I noticed she'd got this title under her of an Animal Star Awards. And again, based on all this new learning I've done, because I'm not exactly a spring chicken, but I've never actually touched so much onto marketing as I have over the last like two years. And based on that, I thought, oh, what's this? And I went and hit the page, and I thought, oh, look at these categories. Oh, I might apply for that. Oh, I'll do this. It's quite an easy form. So um, I applied. So that was that. Off it went got an acknowledgement um and then um the lady that runs it mary burgess came back and said yes you're on the shortlist oh cool right that's nice so now i've got a little not meme but a little graphic which says i've been <laughs> nominated so i put that up for my clients and said look this is what's happening and then you can go down to um a gala evening as they do with these things down in southampton which is a long way <laughs> which is a long way for me but um I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll just pop down. I didn't stay overnight. I thought, I'll pop down for this. I'll be supportive. Um, Mary's trying to um, raise the profile of small businesses and small rescue um, companies. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I thought, I'll pop down there. Um, and there I am having my gala dinner. Um, and because, oh, I've gone down there because I'm down to the last three now. I'm in the last three. I've been yeah. nominated and now I'm down to the last three. Um, so, or last five, sorry. I'm just get it right. Last five, I think it is. So I popped down there and um, my name wasn't read out for the third place person and it wasn't read out for the second place person. And then lo and behold, and it was the last award of the evening. It's like I've been there all evening. Yeah. Meal and been chatting to some lovely people on my table. And, and lo and behold, uh, my name gets called out. And it's like, oh, my goodness. So animal, beha- animal behaviorist um, trainer of 2019, Animal Star Awards was myself. And I would never have dreamed of going for it if I hadn't started getting into this marketing and, you know, and getting a better um, feel for myself, and knowing that, you know, um, I am good at this stuff and I am popular and I am recommended. And so that was really, really good. So, again, based on my new learning, I thought, you know what, this is a really important press release. So that was when I got in touch with you, wasn't it? So mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure it really was right. So I hired you to actually get that one completely right. Fantastic. So do you know what you've just I've been scribbling as you were talking then and I definitely need to add in um some some classes on awards applications because it's really it's it's a brilliant way to get publicity, isn't it? And obviously you've you've got the proof is there in your story. Um so you've had amazing coverage and lots of different titles. So can you tell me a little bit about nurturing about building those relationships and nurturing them with the journalists and how you went about that? Um I have got a little bit of marketing background anyway but that's more to do with understanding 
we can do each other a service. Just mean mm-hmm. they're tr- they're trying to sell papers, aren't they, and fill them with information which people want to read. And I'm trying to promote my company. So, um, I mean, cute pictures of dogs is really good. Yeah, local um, Welsh actually happens um, on my Twitter's. I'm always saying Wales, just mean mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, and so we sort of when I try to pitch to them, I do sort of try to make a connection. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure this might be of interest to you. Um, I always add a little photo or two, um, always throwing a little few, you know, tags about, you know, local area and that sort of thing. And and, and they like it. They like, they usually come back and say, yes, we're, we're interested. So, um, and then the one, particularly the one um, journalist in Wrexham, um, she just will usually take up, if I've got something of interest, she took up the NHS, she took up the National Photography Day, and she took up the Animal Star Awards. So, um she sort of likes that sort of story yeah but also uh, what I love about you Karen is you totally think like a journalist you you be like some people some people struggle with it because it is hard it's advanced stuff it's not like you know writing a tweet or a Facebook post it is advanced stuff that you're doing if you're writing your own press releases you know people hire people and pay them a lot of money to do that but you are really good because you just get it like the NHS thing when I saw the picture I was like oh that's totally going to work and the the dog photography thing I saw you feed on that and you said you were pitching and I was like I know this is going to work for Karen because you just get it don't you and that's that's really is half the battle um so it's brilliant to see what you do and I I love having you in the membership because you know the stuff that you share makes other people think actually I can do that so that's really great and I have to laugh because when I was writing my notes to um before ahead of this interview I I was thinking about when I saw your name come up that you joined the membership and I thought Oh, it's brilliant having Karen in there, but bloody hell, she already knows everything anyway. So, because you've done so well, I reckon you've probably had like at least 20 pieces of coverage since we first started chatting. So um, I wanted to ask you, um, what do you feel is the the best, I don't want this to be all about the membership. It's obviously, it's about giving practical advice to people listening, but what do you feel is the kind of added value of being in the membership with me? Well, um, obviously I learned an awful lot of you about pitching to the local papers on current current situation. I must add, if anybody's listening, um, getting your pitching really quick as well. You know, it's not current. Get your pitching really quick, of course. Yeah. Make sure it is very current for the journalists. But um, I haven't got my blog. I would like a blog, so I haven't got a blog mm-hmm. put down. I would like to try and get some articles into some papers. Um, I did need to improve my Twitter and my Instagram, which I have improved quite dramatically in some ways. And I was just um, mentioning before we started, wasn't I, that I've got some Insta Lives to do for a pet um, organization over the next few weeks. And that was based on what I learned in the membership. My Twitter has certainly improved. I've picked up at least um, one journal request there um, to do a little article about um, myself. So um, my Twitter, my Instagram, blogs and articles per se, per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, everything, isn't it? It's just a case of having been more skilled. Because look, but by being more skilled in the press releases, look how far I've got. Yeah. And be more skilled in the other areas. I'm hoping I can get, you know, a little bit more success in those areas as well. Mm, definitely because I know obviously the press coverage is the main uh, or media coverage is the main kind of focus of the membership. But actually, we do have we've had people come in to talk about other social media platforms. I talk a lot, but although I'm not, I'm not a social media person. Um, I do talk a lot about how social media fits in and how you can work it to get, get 
the press coverage, which is the main focus. So, um, so it's really good that you found that helpful. And and yeah, and I also think a lot of the time it's I think the the kind of camaraderie and the, the being in a group and all encouraging each other really helps as well, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, as an example, I wouldn't have pitched for um, I wouldn't have done National Photography Day. Yeah. Been in your group, I might have seen. I might probably would have, well in either group. If I'd seen it on the pub publicity, I probably would have acted on it. But because I was in the membership, I really acted on it. Yeah. Yeah, you've got that extra accountability, haven't you? So, um, and I do. I quite like the. I like the um, drop-in sessions that we have where people can just come to me with ideas because I think once you get chatting about an idea, it develops, doesn't it? So something that might start off as something that may only make a small story or might might get a yes, might get a no. You, you know, we can ha- have a bit of a brainstorm and actually make that into a really strong pitch. So that's kind of what I enjoy about it. But I've gone off on a bit of a tangent there. So apologies. <laughs> you could, somebody can have a great story but they no. never realise the angle that they should be coming in at. Yeah. That's that's the thing. Um, yeah. And we've seen that again and again. Somebody will go to them, we do, have you thought about this? And the mm. other owning the story is like, oh, okay, yeah, that's that's a really good idea. Totally. Yeah. So is that when you were talking about your first dog, about, um, you know, about the problems that you had with her and, and the fact that you'd never shared that story? And that's actually the big you know that's your big kind of why isn't it why you do what you do and it's yeah. really um you know it's really compelling for people who are working with you to know that you've walked in their shoes and stuff it's really important I think so the angle thing I think that's kind of the the, the bit that I love the most about um about working with you and the other people in the group so it's really great um so I wanted to ask you as well because you've kind of flung yourself into this like all guns blazing haven't you you've done really really well um but I know for some people who might be listening um, and they might be thinking about getting press coverage it can be a little bit scary um so if somebody was kind of you know looking at dipping the toe in the water but feeling a little bit reticent what would your advice be to them well I mean it sounds sort of corny but definitely make sure you've got some sort of successful template to follow so I would obviously recommend yourself because you know there is that the base the, the good story has to sit on the pitch, doesn't it? On the yeah. on the right pitch, it just has to, and that's where this success has come from. Um, and then not to um, not to worry about sort of beefing yourself up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody who pitches is ever going to go very narcissistic. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So if you're not careful, you tend to tone it down. I mean, like me saying about being Wales's most popular. I mean, I went and googled it first, and I searched here and there, and I tried to find out if I actually was. And I know what's in the local area. Okay, I took a deep breath and said, I'm going to say this, <laughs> which is obviously a very deep breath, don't yeah. you? Because you really are saying something really special. So if it's something like that, take a deep breath, you know, and if you're sure about it, then go for it. And then the other thing with your pictures is um, otherwise take something current. Just yeah. take, take something current. I mean, that was the NHS one, wasn't it? And the National Photography Day. Mm. I think which is really out there really out there um and, and not to worry because particularly again we've got dogs most of us yeah totally yeah get those cute pictures you know make sure you can get cute pictures I'm lucky I've got an iPhone I've got an iPhone 11 which sounds again pretentious you know <laughs> after how much it was like don't ask but those photos those photos are good enough to come in the local paper yeah and that's really quite important as well and then we've done a little bit of photography is in the membership as well, haven't we? Mm-hmm. So that's the sort of thing as well, making sure um, um, get those so get those nice pictures. 
Yeah. Taking them. But to believe in yourself, just believe in yourself. Absolutely. Um, and you've, you're really good. Um, you've given loads of examples actually here in this chat, but you, you're really good at thinking about the pictures as well, because every time you pick up a paper, you know, you're going to see cute dogs in there, aren't you? And they, you know, as a, as a journalist or as an editor, you have those, you have, you know, a page three story always has to be kind of quite lighthearted, quite entertaining, something that people will look at and think, have an emotional connection, think that's cute or that's funny or that's endearing or, you know, have that emotional pull. So your page, that, the reason why your stories have landed on page three, which is actually like the, apart from the front page, it's the most prestigious page in the paper is because you've ticked that box. Yeah. Um, so that's really, the, the photography side is really, um, You've got to think about the photos as well. I know that you've been really good and had photo shoots and done all the had all the shots that you need too. So, um, so that's really helpful. Thank you. Um, yeah, the, um, just as the national photography one, I was really pleased about because and uh, the word I use is earpiece. You know, the top right hand corner. Yeah, and um, that's where that was in that paper. It was just saying about National Photography Day. It was actually in that top right hand corner with a couple of nice beagles that live in yeah. this village actually. And then further in, it wasn't a page three thing, but further in. But I got that earpiece in that top right-hand corner, which, you know, I do know is quite a good place to actually um, to get. Do you know what I mean? If you're not going to get front page, yeah, little earpiece in the top right-hand corner. Yeah, it's really good that. I mean, that used to, when I worked on local papers in, in many years ago, like 20 years ago now, that, you know, that was one of the hottest kind of ad spots. So that's fantastic. Um so yeah, I know, and I know that your business is thriving. You've done really well in lockdown, um, in spite of all that's been going on. So, how are things with you? What kind of what kind of things have you been doing since since you know the puppy thing that didn't really you, the puppies that you couldn't train? What did you do? How did you adapt? So, um, set one 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 month up to the end of March. Well, up, planned to the end of March, seventy puppies, and then I said, "What day do we lock down?" Is it March twenty fourth? Yeah. All of a sudden, bump, absolute bump. I can never be at home and you know I'm not afraid to say it just crying yeah crying this is like impossible this is just like my whole year planned out and this was going to be the year so what was the first thing we did well um, I do belong to puppy school so we um, I do belong to um, a group I am a regional manager and um, puppy school what we did was the word I think pivoted and we got online as soon as we could so we created the videos and they created the videos and the content and so over lockdown, we, we did train about 30-odd um, puppies. So that was quite good. We did manage that. Um, we started doing some webinars. I joined in with, um, you know, Claire Lawrence and um, Carol Clark and Sarah Bartlett, who all of those you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did a unique thing of this um, online conference. And yeah. no other groups of trainers got together. Yeah, it was brilliant. Really good. Do that. Um, so we, 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 you know, most of us within your sort of um, groups are the sort of people, aren't we? We shook ourselves down. We got up and went, all right. Yeah. yeah Cancelled the mortgage. <laughs> Cancelled the mortgage, of course, because, like, it's not going to get paid. But, um, no, we did really well. I mean, I did really well in terms of still being able to train some puppies. The shop is an essential business. Mm-hmm. That had its best month um, ever um, towards the end of lockdown. Um the online stuff is still there now forever because I did created it for my obedience uh, courses and for my reactive dog. Um, there's now some webinars to sell, which were never there before lockdown. Um, yeah, we just really, you know, not saying we made a huge profit, but we mm-hmm. we were still here by the time we get came out. And we say with a thing like the NHS, 
um, thing and the National Photography Day, we just still make sure people knew we were there. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And also I do think, oh gosh, I know it's been a really tough few months and, you know, those days of sitting and looking at a computer screen and crying, it's something that, you know, we can all relate to. But, you know, it, as you've just said, really, you've articulated really well that, it's, you know, it shook us up, but we've come out of it all right, haven't we? So, and you've got, you've got extra streams to your business now that you might never have done the webinars and the online and everything that, that came out of the, you know, the difficult times that we've been through. I wanted to, I wanted to ask you actually um, about the, about, obviously we know about the online puppy boom. And we were talking the other week about the Kennel Club report, weren't we, on how people have, um, not all people, but, you know, people, the decision to get a puppy hasn't been as rational as it might have been for a lot of people before coronavirus and before lockdown. So are you kind of seeing any kind of, what kind of things are you seeing with, with puppy owners? How, what, what's how do you feel things have changed with because of this big puppy boom um well, we're seeing actually two extremes because um we've, we've actually created a new stream we've got what we call covid canines okay the covid canines oh. is, a, is a normal six-week training course but it's for the dogs that grew up under lockdown and i've got, yeah. got myself i've got a year old dog she's only a year last week and um, we've seen two extremes some dogs have probably benefited from not being out and being accosted by other dogs and people mm-hmm. because that's pretty stressful in themselves. But some dogs really did need to have some sort of limit exposure to people and dogs. So we've actually got, you know, we're discussing this with my instructors um, only last week. We've got these sort of two extremes that some dogs are like happily walking down the street now because they've never been, you know, oh, it's fluffy, it's little, let's mm. get our hands on it. They've never experienced that. So they're quite happy walking down the street. But other breeds, particularly um, either it's German Shepherds, of course, and the, the guarding breeds, or some breeds which have a temperament of being slightly nervous, are really quite overawed. That you know, because I can remember here, I, I live on the um, this shop's on the A5, and I can never get to the point here where I I walk across the, the A5 the one day without actually looking left and right because I was just using my ears because it was so yeah. quiet. And those pups, some of those puppies were actually stepping out onto very quiet streets with very few people and of course all of a sudden it just all changed so we've got quite a few we've probably got um we've got at least we did up until last week have at least five what we call covid canine classes a week wow okay classes because we have to because of the guidance but that's Mm -hmm. that's sort of 20 puppies that have grown up into um dogs that the owners feel they could do with a little bit extra help mm-hmm. so it's been quite it's been really interesting it's been a huge discussion on the dog trainers you know sort forums as to whether this has been a benefit or not benefit in some ways um then we've got all the stuff about puppies being um left at home now and owners going back to work yeah which is a whole other and again it's 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 completely mixed you know some puppies are like oh my owners are gone now thank god for that I can't yeah. sleep. <laughs> others are like oh my god where's my owners gone to I did an article for that. That that article has been in the Love of Wrexham magazine. I did an article. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I actually think your COVID canines um, is a story idea as well because you've had to adapt. Mm, Yeah, I haven't pitched that one. Yeah. Yeah. So you go, keep, in, keep, keep, keep on cracking that whip on you, poor Karen. <laughs> but yeah, that's really interesting. Five, uh, you know, five classes a week for COVID canines. Um, and, you know, obviously the way you've marketed it as well, I think, is, I think that's, that, that could be an interesting angle. So 
gosh. Um, so you've mentioned that you'd like to maybe get into some magazines, into some other papers, um, and you know you're just keeping kind of plugging away with the with the publicity and doing really really well. Um, have you? What's kind of next? Uh, you, and you've and you've talked about so much that you've done over the last few months, from the puppy school to the to the um, online conference for COVID to the COVID canines. Um, what's next for Beastly Thoughts? Um. Well, we could do the doom and gloom. We're actually having a little look at the reactive to reassure. We call it reactive to reassure. That's our reactive mm -hmm. work. That exists online in a very basic way. So um, me and the instructors are going to have a sort of instructor's day of doing that and getting videos and that sort of thing. So I'd like to get that to be able to help people, not just in the local area of the reactive dogs and go further <laughs> with that. But being a little bit doom and gloom, we're doing more online resources just in case we end up in a second lockdown. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, here, here we're not too bad, but if I was like in, I don't know, Carefilly or Bolton or somewhere, uh, my classes wouldn't be running, and um, that's not good news in terms yeah. of paying the bills. Do you know what I mean? So um, I've got some more webinars I want to do. They've backed off slightly, but I need to bring those back on board, and um, I quite like doing those. Mm -hmm. um, again, we do them slightly differently, um, based again on probably on our inner circle. Um, you know, if I do a webinar, we always have a big chat at the end, don't we? And there are all the yeah. questions coming in, which you don't get on a lot of um, a lot of webinars um, from big dog trainers, not big dog trainers. Big yeah. dogs. And so I'm going to do some more webinars, but I really want to, um, I've got some instructors coming up, some young instructors who are trained to be puppy school tutors. So I might um, push more puppies towards them and I would like to do more on the reactive to reassured. There is a little bit of um, me that's really, um, you know, um, what's the word, has, has a desire to actually help people more with that side yeah. of it. Absolutely, and that's going back to the story that you shared at the beginning, really, then, isn't it? Because I think yeah. that's what that's what pulls you to to those owners, because you know, and also you know what, they, what they're going through, because you've been there. Yeah. Um, I've had similar conversations with Claire, who, who works with the Barking Dogs, which I know, sorry, remember, I'm not a dog trainer, so you have to bear with me being a bit dense sometimes, but... Um, yeah, but you know they are challenging, and you feel for the owner and what they go through, don't you? So, um, I think that's fantastic. Um, okay, well, Karen, it has been brilliant chatting to you, and I've learned so much. And what I love about your story is just how you just keep adapting and moving and changing, and just uh, you know, the word agile is like you know I'm not a millennial, I'm not like some marketing guru or anything like that, but you are like the definition of being agile and switching things up and and just you know doing what you need what you've got to do to to keep right. going, aren't you? So it's fantastic. Um, so where can people find out more um, if they want to know more about you and Beastly Thoughts? Well, we tend to try and be everywhere. Yep, I know we covered that, but anyway, where where shall we send people? <laughs> www.beastlythoughts.co.uk you can start at the website um, you can find us obviously on Facebook uh, we've got about 3,000 followers on Facebook um, that's Beastly Thoughts on the Facebook and uh -huh. um, we we're under um, Beastly Thoughts on the Twitter and we're under BT underscore dog training on the Instagram so yeah we try to make sure we are out there um, if you go onto the website um, there's an email opt-in button mm -hmm. tab and you want to know what we're up to and just um ask to join our email list and we'll can keep you updated where i think we're doing fantastic okay well i will link to all of the all of the all of the websites 
social media links um, in the show notes for this episode. So if you're listening, if you want to just swipe up or go to the blog post and you'll find them all in there. Um, and yeah, Karen, thank you. It's been brilliant having you on here. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been lovely. It's been lovely. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast. For more free resources and ways to promote yourself as a pet entrepreneur, visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk.